1: Before we get into the episode, I wanted to take a moment to tell you about our partner, Calm. What I love about Calm is that it really shares my mission to help people reduce stress and anxiety through guided meditations. And this will help you improve focus. This will help you sleep better. So it's no wonder that over 100 million people around the world use Calm to take care of their minds. So for listeners of the show, Calm is offering an exclusive offer of 40% off a Calm premium subscription at com.com slash DearGabby. Go to calm.com slash gabby for 40% off unlimited access to Calm's entire library. That's calm.com slash DearGabby. gabby. Hey there. Welcome to Dear Gabby. I'm your host, Gabby Bernstein. And if you landed here, it is absolutely no accident. It means that you're ready to feel good and manifest a life beyond your wildest dreams. Let's get started. Welcome back to Dear Gabby. I'm really, really, really excited about this Big Talk episode. This Big Talk is with a amazing woman who i have admired and respected for decades and i just never knew her in person until now my new friend kelly Rippa. I've been such a big fan of Kelly for so many years, and meeting her in person was really amazing, because there's this meme I once saw that said, if you know someone who is sunshine in the human form, <laughs> and yep, this is this is Kelly Ripa. She is true sunshine. And her energy was really magnetic. I picked up on her miracle worker energy. Whether she realized it or not, she's been a very big beacon for hope for people, and we've really relied on her in daytime TV. What you're going to learn from this conversation is why Kelly almost quit her job as a daytime TV host and the amazing fan encounter that made her stay. And this fan encounter, I believe, was really an angel, an angel working through a human to keep her on the air. You're also going to learn the importance of good news in a world of a lot of destruction and devastation. You're going to also learn how Kelly soothes her anxiety and one subtle practice that you might see her using on air. So this episode's going to rock your world. I know you're going to love it. Kelly is exactly what you see on television. She's a beautiful, divine energy of light. It was such an honor to be able to just be in conversation with her. No small talk, just big talk. She just released her first book, Live Wire, long-winded short stories. And it's absolutely magnificent. We talk a lot about it in the episode. And this episode will really inspire you to See how you can be successful and do a lot of big things in the world and not burn out. And that's a big through line throughout this talk. So enjoy my big talk with Kelly Ripa. I remember the episode when you were pregnant with your second child and it took you a little while to get pregnant. Yeah. And then Shar was on the yes. medium. And I have such a visceral memory of witnessing you being called out in your pregnancy when you hadn't even told the producers or I hadn't anyone hadn't told yet. anybody because yeah. it was so early yeah, and, we yeah. were so, and we had such vulnerable. a hard time
0: getting yeah. pregnant that yeah. I was not in a place where I wanted that information out there. But right. then I thought, is it bad to... Lie to a psychic?
1: You know what I mean. (laughs) I have a lot of psychic friends. You can't really lie to a psychic. They know, and it's scary because when you have psychic friends, you're kind of like, wait, I kind of just told her I was busy, but I'm not actually busy. Does she know? Does she know? Does she know how not busy I am? It's scary to have psychic friends. Yeah, but I remember that episode, and I actually feel like that's that shared experience of your audience being in your life. Yeah, and when I experience you, of all the people who have had long careers on TV, I actually have felt that when you are on screen, you are doing what I think a lot of people as motivational speakers, even preachers are really just opening their heart. Yeah. And it, you feel that exchange. Does that resonate with you? It does. It's not lost on me that
0: it's an honor to be welcomed into people's homes yeah. for 23 years that I've been doing the talk show. And it's not lost on me that nowadays there's zillions of options. Mm -hmm. There's streaming, there's this, there's that. Mm -hmm. And to still be welcomed into people's homes means that we've gone through things together. It's like a constant, right? We gave birth together. Maybe somebody has gone through a hard time and maybe they're getting divorced and our show got them through with a little humor and a little irreverent Mm -hmm. chatter We have had sick parents together. Our kids have gone through things together. And so we really have grown up together. We've evolved together. We've watched our children leave the nest together. So it's a really communal sport, my show. It's a very communal activity. And it's not one person. It's not about one person. It's not even about the two people. It's about the community aspect of it. Because really, any two people can sit there. It's about the two people sitting there that know how to cut through the noise and talk to the people sitting in their living rooms or their kitchens. They're having coffee. Maybe the TV's just on. Yeah. My mom recently had heart surgery, so I was spending Mm. a lot of time in hospitals. And our show is on Almost in every waiting room. That's
1: good. Yeah, it's good. good. You need the good news. You need the high vibes. You need something that's not
0: anxiety. You need it. Because there's a lot of anxiety inducing television in the world. And that's our job is to not create anxiety. Even if you're having anxiety off camera, even if you're having, Mm. even if you're feeling personal anxiety, whether it's in your marriage or raising your kids, or you're stressed out because you're thinking something is not going well personally, privately, that people aren't seeing on the air, I am acutely aware that that is not the time or the space. (laughs) I am honest But not everybody needs to know everything going on behind the scenes.
1: Do you have certain practices that you might do backstage or to prepare? When you're going through something personal and you have to then get on the air and be the lighthouse that you are. It's hard. You know, school shootings are hard. Real hard. Yeah.
0: 9-11 was hard. We were like on the air in the middle of it. It was really hard. Certain events are so earth shattering and they feel so insurmountable and you try to sort of be this, not a beacon, but you try to be a flicker of light. I'm going to give you the word beacon. But sometimes we're so terrified. What's unique is that Ryan Seacrest and I have a 20 plus year friendship. We've known each other a really long time. He's the kid brother I never had. Mm-hmm. And so we've known each other and we trust each other and we respect each other. And we have this unique We have a really unique off-camera friendship, which it doesn't happen very often. And so we have that going in. And what is unique is that the two of us have, I don't want to say a psychic ability, but we have a shorthand. We have an ability to read each other in a way where I know where his breaking points are and he knows where mine are. And so when bad things happen, We are able to carry each other behind the scenes, connect and say, It's going to be okay. I'll take this one. I got got it. I know how to speak to this. I know what this feels like as a parent. I know what this feels like. So I got it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and vice versa. When there's something that he is better at orating than I am, he will take the lead there. And it's so nice to have that ability to communicate with each other and like to really dial all the way in. Yeah, friend. Yeah,
1: to feel protected. safe. Yeah, Yeah, protected. That, yeah, protected and safe. Well, I'm mm-hmm. really happy that you have that. Yeah. And especially now, in this day and age, because there's no real good news except for live with... It's a, it's a cycle.
0: We always say, by the time we come on the air in this hour, usually we're live at 9 a.m. Certain markets, it's 10 a.m. You know that people have been through a cavalcade, yeah. an avalanche mm-hmm. of bad news. Mm-hmm. Because that's what sells. But the endurance of our show is proof that good news also sells. Good news and irreverence. While being very reverent of the job and the audience at home, we are fully aware that sometimes people just want to escape from the endless news cycles of destruction and devastation and adversity and division. They need to believe that there is a couple there that's going to be like, here, we're going to take you on a journey. Come with us. It's going to be fine. Yeah. You trust us. It's going to be fine. We're yeah. going to be okay.
1: It's a staple.
0: It yeah. is. And it's a relief, like you said, from the endlessness of the mm. past few hours that everybody sat through. Totally. And it's not lost on us, like I said, that we are still being welcomed into people's homes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Let's just take a quick ad break. If you're someone that's been following me for a while or listening to this show, you know how much I love expressing myself through fashion. The way that we feel about ourselves is often expressed through the way that we dress. That's also going to include our eyewear. And that's why I'm really excited that our sponsor today is Pair Eyewear. And that they can help you change up your eyewear every hour if you want. Here's how it works. You choose from a range of different iconic base shapes and they start at $60. And that includes your prescription if you need it. Then you can choose from the hundreds of matching magnetic tops that make it easy to switch up your look. So you can go tortoiseshell one day and just like matte black the next. It's pretty awesome. And if you go to peareyewear.com slash Gabby, you can get 15% off your first purchase. With Pear, you get a great pair of glasses at a great price, and it's almost like you're getting multiple pairs of glasses because you can always change it up with the magnetic tops. And they know vision is essential. Today, over 200 million children worldwide who need glasses can't get them. And beyond helping you craft a really sexy style for your glasses, Pear wants to do some good. So for every pair you buy, Pear provides glasses to a child in need. Get glasses as ever changing as you are. With pear, go to com slash Gabby for 15% off your first purchase. That's 15% off at P A I R com slash Gabby. Fun fact about me I'm actually really into cars. That's why I was so excited when we found out that the Lexus RX was going to be a sponsor for this show. The Lexus RX is the best-selling luxury crossover of all time and Mm -hmm. the best-selling luxury vehicle every year since it was first introduced. But Lexus has never mistaken being ahead with being at the finish line. So they've reimagined every aspect of the RX. The thoroughly redesigned 2023 RX features heart-pounding design, intelligent technology, and courageous performance. Model year 2023 RX has a ton of new features that allow you and your car to work together. Like it includes the first ever 500HF Sport Performance Hybrid that ups the ante on the RX performance. And what I like most about this car is that it's hot, it's a sexy car, but it's safe. And when I'm driving around New York City and there's people all over the place, This car has their pre-collision system that can slow the car down when it detects a pedestrian in its path. The reimagined Lexus RX makes it so clear that Lexus has already listened to what drivers want and they delivered. Just like the RX, its drivers are people who don't rest on their laurels and are always striving to up their game. The Lexus RX is the perfect vehicle for people who want to venture beyond the expected route and never lose their edge. Never lose your edge with the all-new Lexus RX. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. And you talk a lot about anxiety in the book, and I really appreciate that because I am a trauma survivor, and I understand anxiety at a very deep level. Yeah, And I... Was just wanting to check in with you. One, how is your anxiety now?
0: I always have anxiety. You do? And it's funny. I think it's almost hereditary.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. I
0: mean, and what I found by going to therapy is that I learned how to develop tools to manage my anxiety. Mm -hmm. I know it's never going to go away, Mm -hmm. but I know how to channel it in a way that is productive. Right. And I find that by talking about it, because I am a very therapy-minded person. Mm -hmm. I am a person that really leans in to the discussion on mental health and how people are feeling and ways to surmount things that may seem insurmountable. And you'll probably be able to relate to this. Sometimes don't you wish you could speak to yourself the way you speak to other people when they're going through something hard?
1: Well, The thing that I'm really proud to say right now is that I have, through my own therapy journey and then going on to study the therapy that I've used in my own therapy, which is internal family systems therapy. And also this is my field. This is what I do. But I have developed such a strong inner dialogue with the higher self, with the Mm. part of me that's the undamaged, resourced, almost like an inner parent. That voice has become the louder voice in the room. Yeah, that's and that's so impressive. It's my greatest accomplishment How many years? Well, one thing is your birthday, October 2nd, yes. is my sober birthday. I've oh, been sober 17 years. Amazing. And I saw that was your birthday and I was like, oh, what a beautiful that's, shared that thing. That means something. It means everything yeah. to me. And so, yeah, I guess it'd be like a steadfast recovery journey of 17 years. But really the switch flipped when I started getting deeper into this IFS therapy and started to... Witness myself from the standpoint of, okay, anxiety is a part of me, but it's not me. Right. I have an anxious part and I have a controlling part. And seeing all of these like ways that we are as this family of little children that live inside of us and then developing that connection to the adult self that's there to soothe. So using those practices and IFS has completely changed my life. 1,000%. One thousand percent. Because imagine this, Kelly. Imagine that you woke up one day and you're like, "Wait, I have that parent that's always inside of me that can, when I'm feeling anxious, see me and soothe me, and I have that internal parent that can slow me down or you know just give me a hug, like you do." Yeah, and it's a, it's a
0: cool you thing. You think it's in, you think it's in there, deep, deep in
1: there. I know you know it's in. There. We all have what's called self with a capital S. Right. We all have it, but we have all these. Experiences in life that just take us away from that connection. And they're muscles, it's belief systems that we build up and we get stuck in that cycle. 100%. I tend to, and I have for
0: decades. This is the first thing that I have not talked myself out of. Mm. And I tried to. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I tried me tried to take it back. I like, literally back. I literally opened the book with me yeah. trying to give them their advance back <laughs> and them saying you're announcing the book tomorrow. Right. And the book was 90% written. It was almost done and I'm saying nobody will like this. Let me give you your advance back because mm. I've made a mistake and I, it's not any good. It's not any good and you know how useful it would be to be able to talk myself out of that. You know, Mark is very helpful for me. very grounding. Very grounding. And he is very good at getting me to say, well, so then what? Yeah. Right? So, because I always go, but what if this happens? And he goes, So then what? He's doing cognitive behavioral therapy. He's doing CBT. (laughs) He's doing catastrophizing. But what's the worst case scenario? I'm a catastrophizer. And he goes, but then what? Yeah. But then what? Yeah. And I think that ultimately the fact that people bought this book and have been reading it the way they have and taking away these kernels of hope. Because my book is not a self-help book. In but some ways it, it does. Be, though. But it does offer these things that I realize people have used to help themselves with. The best
1: form of self-help is to be able to see yourself in somebody's authentic truth. Yeah. And when you open this book, that's there. It's, oh, I'm her, right? right? And when someone can recognize themselves in Kelly Ripa, right. they feel way less alone. Right.
0: And I never thought of myself as that way. I thought of my audience as that way for me. When a woman would- Stop me at the airport and say, Oh my gosh, we are exactly alike. I'm like, We are, yeah, you know, and yeah, <laughs> yeah. and there's safety in numbers, right? Yeah, so, you exactly. feel I at least feel very gratified when somebody says that to me because I always look at it from the flip side that, Oh my gosh, thank
1: you, and I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you know, well, I think that I think that when we get to that place where we accept that we're all in it together, yeah. and that everyone suffers, yes, it's not like a good thing, like oh, everybody's suffering, but it is. It really is helpful to know we're not alone. It's
0: unifying to know that you're not alone. Mm. And guys like I said, I have this unique perspective. I really have gotten to talk to America, Canada, other countries where our show airs. And the messages are so similar. It doesn't matter socioeconomically. It doesn't matter where you grew up, what your education is. We all have shared experiences and commonalities and common truths. Totally. And yep. it doesn't matter. I, like I said, I was not handed anything. I was not. I don't come from show business people. My parents are what I would describe as sort of anti-show business. Okay. They don't believe in that kind of stuff. They're very anti-therapy. They certainly don't yeah, you believe You had to in ask your mom
1: permission if you could Permission. Therapy, and I no. still
0: don't have the permission. Oh, she
1: still hasn't given you permission. No, no,
0: no. And she's very steadfast. But I think my parents, probably all of our parents yes, are from that generation yeah, it is. where that's not a thing. Totally, you don't talk to strangers
1: about what you're feeling. Oh yeah, totally. Know? I mean, I grew up with a real hippie mom that was meditating and going to ashrams, and so I—that's amazing. That, but now you know, I'm very close with my in-laws, and they're actually so open, which is so beautiful. But we do a lot of positive discipline, and I have a four-year-old, mm-hmm. so we're really practicing the power of
0: feelings
1: and right. just being getting on our knees and being like really present with my son's big emotions. Yeah, our parents' generation—that's not what they were taught. No. And so it's almost like we have to have that level of respect for them instead of resisting it, just be like, okay, like we're privileged to have that.
0: Yeah. We, we, no, we really are. And I'm also close with my in-laws who also are very not therapy-minded at all. And Mark and I are, we're the complete opposite. Yeah. You know, we are very different and we really lean into the self-help of it all. Mark was actually, the other night at dinner, it was fascinating to watch he was trying to teach my mom to meditate. Oh wow! And he has this app on his phone that is good for him when he travels or mm-hmm. when he is on the road and he just wants to do ground. a little ground himself. And he was really trying to teach my mom to meditate with this app, and my mom started arguing with the voice wow. of the app, and wow. it was wow, it was funny to watch, mm-hmm. but it was like there are certain things you're not going to penetrate. Not in their 80s. Well, how's mom feeling? Is she feeling good? She's doing so much better. Thank you. That's how we know she's feeling better. Because she's making jokes. Yeah. yeah, She's making jokes. Mm -hmm. She's being combative. She's more like herself. Okay, good. Good.
1: One of the things that we can do for those people in our life who are super resistant to their own personal growth is that we can recognize that we can be that presence for them. We can extend that calm to them. So even you sitting with your mom, really relaxed for an hour or half hour- and just breathing really deeply can have a co-regulating effect on her. Yeah. And yeah. just total presence, right? So before you hang out with your mom and bring Mark, because he's a very grounding force, and just be that for her for that half hour, yeah. and it's really regulating for her. Yeah, that's a great piece of advice. You are a behind-the-scenes miracle worker, and she doesn't have to know about yeah, it. she doesn't have to know about it. Yeah. And that actually, I think, is something that you have as a quality that you may not even realize, because... I believe that the reason that I'll speak for myself as a fan and a viewer, if I'm in that room and you're on, my eyes are there, right? It is a presence. Yeah. It's not just, oh, because you're fun and bubbly and beautiful. It's a presence that has kept you going for 23 years yeah. in this role. And our audience is regulating with your presence. You are that soothing source for mm-hmm. people in a very not soothing world. Right. Yeah. It's funny you say that because I always say that I have a
0: superpower that I can enter into a room and vanish Oh, and vanish. Vanish. But it's funny. I would wash my makeup off after work, just wash it off and walk past the audience that is there buying a mug or a t-shirt or whatever, and they would never see me leaving. They never notice that I'm leaving. But when I come into a room and I need to get my point across that's when I think I'm at my most effective because I can communicate what needs to be done quickly and efficiently and cut through the
1: noise. This all sounds sort of heady, but it's really cool. You have an energetic boundary technique that you don't realize. So it's like when I was first starting out in my career as a speaker, I had this concern that, okay, I'm here and I'm on stage and I'm super big, right? I'm like opening this energy. And then I do a book signing and all these people are coming at me and I would feel really drained at the end. Mm. And so a mentor of mine was like, well, close your cloak. And I was like, what do you mean? Yeah. He was like, well, you're, you are you want to open your cloak on the stage because this is where you're healing and this you is how you're serving big. and you're yeah. being that mm-hmm. bigness and you're letting it come through. But when you have to be in that other kind of scenario, you can't stay open because they're going to just suck all your energy out. Right. And so I had to, he literally said, close your cloak right. as if you have a cloak over you, close it and even cross your legs and cross your arms. Right. In your case, it was take off your makeup. Yeah, take off Having makeup. some kind of ritual of being like, I'm in. Right. Now I am. And you create that energetic boundary where they can't even
0: see you. I think it's a common misconception. People who have big, outgoing personalities on TV are just big and boisterous all day long. Mm. And nobody can sustain that. It's not sustainable. No, no. You know, so I always go within after I'm done for whatever the day holds, I will go several hours without speaking. Good. And I just realign myself, whether it's going for a walk in the park, going for a run. I do something for myself. I don't like to ride highs, right? I don't like high highs. I never want to achieve the highest height because that means that there could be some sort of spiraling quickly down to the lowest lows. And I like to think that in the 30 almost 34 years I've been in this business, I've maintained a nice, even, manageable middle ground. Yeah. And I like the middle ground. I think there's something to be said to it. It's like being the meat in the sandwich. And there's something
1: to be said for that. That's the key to your success because you can't burn out. You have to maintain and And recharge. Think about how many people that you know,
0: your industry that have shot to the highest heights and then flamed out almost as fast as they came on the scene. I see it all the time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so do I. Yeah. And you think, oh, I don't want to, I never want to be in that supernova place.
1: Now for a quick break from one of my absolute favorite sponsors, Seed. I have always believed that rituals and routine are extraordinary for keeping us really committed to our well-being, and in this case, our gut health. Healing my gut was one of my greatest accomplishments, and I could not have done it without a probiotic, and a good one. So if you're a listener of this show, you know and you've heard that this is something I swear by. And ever since I learned that not all probiotics are equal, I haven't gone a day without taking seed. If you've taken a probiotic before and never felt a difference, it's likely because the good bacteria wasn't surviving in your GI tract. When you use seed, they're using a proprietary formulation of 24 distinct probiotic strains with scientifically studied dosages. And seed supports benefits beyond your gut, from skin to heart health to micronutrient synthesis leaving you feeling and looking really good. (laughs) And many people see improvements with their digestion within 24 to 48 hours. And that was absolutely the case for me. They have this really cute glass vial. So when I travel, I throw my seed probiotic into this little glass vial And it just fits into everything and makes it easy for me to always have my probiotic right by my side wherever I am in the world. Seed also provides sustainable refills. So when you get your seed refills, you're helping not just yourself, but you're also helping the planet. Start a new healthy habit today. Visit seed.com slash Dear Gabby and use code Dear Gabby to redeem 20% off your first month of Seeds DS01TM daily probiotic. That's seed.com slash Dear Gabby and use code DEAR GABBY. I hope you're loving this episode with Kelly. I hope you can feel our energy just coming through the audio. It's so awesome. And I have some awesome news to share with you. For the first time ever, 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 I'm hosting this podcast in front of a live audience. That's right. I am coming live to New York on December 14th at Town Hall for a very special interactive experience. Dear Gabby Live. I'm going to do a 30-minute talk on how to effortlessly manifest, followed by a Dear Gabby Live QA, totally unscripted, real-time coaching, big love, IRL. You have the chance to be Dear Gabby in person. So if you are in New York, around New York, or you want to get on a plane and come to New York, head over to DearGabby.com/slash nyc to secure your spot. These tickets are going very Fast. I hope there are still more tickets by the time you hear this. So head over to slash NYC to secure your spot. The event is December 14th, live in New York. Join me for the first ever Dear Gabby Live. And I think it's also really valuable, too, that I see people that are out in the world doing, and I'm going to keep admiring that you're doing healing work in a true way. I know it's not how you perceive yourself, but I really want you to take it in because- I appreciate it. Because it's to be a force of good yeah. in a world that's filled with so much negative is an extraordinary mission. Yeah. And I believe your soul said, hey, I'm coming in to do this. And maybe 20 years ago, it didn't really feel that big potentially, yeah. but this is go time. Yeah. The world is in crisis. Right. And those individuals who can be that balanced For those folks who are so extreme in those moments, they can come on for an hour and feel that balance through your energy. It's no small thing. Yeah. I think that we can be going through hard times, as you share in the book, Mm -hmm. and still do really good for ourselves and for the world. Yeah. It's like, you don't have to be one or the other.
0: Well, just doing this right now, Mm -hmm. I feel like right now, in this moment, I feel unstoppable in my job right which is not a place i typically attack from i come from a place of hopefully i don't crash and burn today mm-hmm. because it's a tremendous amount of responsibility That's right. i understand what my assignment is i understand that people are counting on me sometimes totally. sometimes i always go back to this a really long time ago and it was one of these dark times at work where the job was riddled with insecurity there was a lot of insecurity for all of us not just myself when i talk about the job, I talk about myself and all of the people that I work with because mm-hmm. it's quite a group, yeah. and we've been together a long time, and and they predate me, and we are close. We're tight, and when one of us goes through something, we all go through something. Beautiful, yeah. And I remember it was a time where I was feeling very down at the job, very down, and I was really contemplating whether or not I should leave the job. And it was a constant drumbeat. I was talking about it so much that it started to make my coworkers nervous. Mm -hmm. They were coming to me feeling scared. Mm -hmm. Are you going to leave us, Mm -hmm. right? And I, I don't lie, and I said, I don't know. Yeah. I really have to consider. I have to consider my options because I'm not sure if this is a good fit for me. And was at a restaurant with a group of friends, and I was still eating. It wasn't the end of my meal, but a woman approached me, and she handed me her business card, and she said, I didn't want to disturb you during your meal, but there's a note written on the back of the card Mm. for you. Mm. And she's like, it's very nice to meet you, and she left. And I flipped Card over, and God only knows what this says, right? I was preparing myself for the worst. I don't know why. Catastrophizing. I was catastrophizing, (laughs) even though this woman was like, I didn't Mm -hmm. want to disturb you. Very nice, right? And she said, "My mother lives in a nursing home. She has dementia. She's eighty-seven years old, and you are her best friend." And in that moment, I said, "I'm with her." Great. I'm with her. Yeah. I'm with her. Yeah, I have full body calories. Yeah, and it was this moment. And then I tried to find this woman because I, I have her business card. It was some Ford dealership. <laughs> it. it was not her business <laughs> card. It was just a business card right, that right, she right, wrote a note right, on. Right. And I called yeah. them and I said, is there a woman that works there whose yeah. mother has to dementia? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I tried to find her because she didn't even know what she gave me, what she gave us in that moment of struggle, mm-hmm. I really found that silver lining that this woman need, needs her best friend. Yeah, especially when you're dealing with dementia and there's so much there's so much pain she sees in that. There's you. so much, and she sees me as the thing that she can count on. Thing. The consistent thing that she recognizes. That's you right. Know? And so I just thought it was so meaningful and that it happened at that time. Like I said, I never think that there's accidents there. Are things it's spiritual that are, guidance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the moment where I was like, okay, it matters. It does matter.
1: This is bigger than me. God yeah. works through people. Yeah. And so those moments when we're in that sort of like crossroads and questioning, like, yeah. hmm, is this the path? If we're open to it and that was like your openness. Yeah. It will come through and it will come through a business card. It will come through really strange yeah. encounters. And that synchronicity, we have to not ignore it. Yeah, yeah. 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 It was very meaningful, powerful. Important moment for me.
0: Yeah. If I had been a faster reader, if I didn't have to get my readers out and put my glasses on and turn my flashlight on, her. I would have ran after her mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. grabbed her and said, mm-hmm. "How do I get through to your maybe mom? Maybe she'll hear, dear Gabby. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe, maybe, maybe that maybe. would be. It'll come incredible. right through for her. Yeah. Because, <laughs> because it was so. Im- important and yeah.
1: she'll never know. Yeah. And I think that that comes back to that mission-driven work. But I appreciate that you have all these different methods for regulating your nervous system because yeah. the running and the you soul cycle and all, mm-hmm. the, things all that, the things, you have to have that balance. When
0: Mark was first trying to get me to learn how to meditate,
1: I said to him, <laughs> my, brain to is <laughs> too, my brain is
0: too noisy, I just mm-hmm. can't do it. And I had a really hard time with it. I was really like fidgety, squirmy, And I said, it's not, it's not working. It's just not working. And he said, every time your mind drifts away, you are meditating. Every time you pull yourself back in, every time you keep telling yourself that it's not working, you're meditating. And he goes, every time you go for a run, you are meditating. Every time you take a dance class, you are meditating. He's like, these things that you give yourself, this time that you allow yourself to do what you want to do, and you're, you're not so inside your own head, you are meditating. Totally. And he really helped me see that I
1: do meditate a lot.
0: Yeah. It may not be guided, it may not be conventional, but it is a form of meditation. Physical
1: activity, getting you into that flow state yeah. is mm-hmm. definitely a form of meditation. Yeah. And the other thing I would say is like when you do meditate, if you do attempt to sit and meditate, again, ever.
0: I do all the time. Okay, good. Yeah.
1: Then like when your mind is wandering and you have a single pointed focus to come back to, whether Mm -hmm. it's like a mantra or Mm -hmm. your breath or something, don't judge the fact that it's going all over the place because it's actually an active meditation. And what that means is that you're processing Mm -hmm. like just stuff is getting worked out. Yeah. And it's a good thing. Yes. And just be like, oh, okay. And then return back to the mantra or the breath or whatever. Then, okay, there I go again. Come back. It's not a bad thing. And someone who has so much going on is going to have very active meditations. Yeah. You sound like Mark. You sound like the female version of Mark. I get a good grounding vibe from him. Yeah, he's... I really see it.
0: I always say, I wish I could clone him a zillion times. I have a Mark. You do. His name is
1: Zach. Zach, yeah. And you wrote that he was your pre-editor. Zach's my pre-editor. yeah. It's my, important. Uh, oh, my God. To and, have somebody give you the real deal. Oh, totally. And it's hard, too. Like, my last book is all about trauma recovery. And I share stories in that book that he didn't even know. Yeah. And I share about suffering. It was almost, like, freer for me to write it than it was for me to tell my own husband. And some things are hard to say. They're hard to reveal. And yeah. so that was really – that was our hardest book. But he's – nine of my books, he's edited them all before they've been delivered to the editor. And when he sits down and
0: is there something, is there ever anything in your work that you reveal that he says no?
1: Yeah, with this last book, there was some softening of edges (gasps) that had to happen because of the way I told a story was a little too dark or a little too vulnerable. And even at the beginning of the book, I opened the book by saying, quotes, were anxious for you, Gabby, said my publisher, yeah. because they're like, this is too vulnerable. You're not showing your true strength. And I responded and I said, my ability to be this vulnerable is, is my true strength.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. 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 That is, I think that's true because so many people wear masks, facades of everything's great. Everything's perfect. Oh, totally. Everything. And you can, I don't know about you, but I can always see it when it is
1: the mask versus totally the actual person. Totally. And I think that the more personal development that we experience in our life and the more real we get with ourselves, yeah. the more we will be able to see that uh-huh. and see it without any judgment, almost see it with compassion. And yeah, like, always. Oh, that's, that's like, that's got to be tough. Yeah.
0: You know? It sucks when I feel for people all the time that have, that I, shouldn't have compassion for. And mm. I feel for them because it's that old phrase hurt people hurt, hurt people. people. You know, yeah. and I feel for people who are so guarded all the time mm-hmm. that it
1: vibrates off yeah. of their bodies. Probably pretty scary in their physical body too because it's yeah. a real it's that's what I would call protector parts, right? So yeah. if you're living in that constant state of protection, you're always in hyperarousal and you're always guarded and your nervous system is shocked. It's got to feel awful. Awful, yeah. I know what it's like to have anxiety.
0: I know I have the tools now to mm. talk myself down mm-hmm. from these elevated states of perceived realities versus mm. what's actually real. And if you have like a good core set of girlfriends Definitely. or you know friends that can actually call you out on your own narcissism- be it passive or otherwise, that's when you're really in the sweet spot of life. My girlfriends and I have been together for decades now and we call each other out on our BS. Good friends. And it's really important to have that because when you're in certain aspects of show business or your work life, no matter what it is, there are people that are going to say what you want to hear and then there are people that are going to give you the real story. Mm-hmm. And those are the people you have to keep around you. Yep. You cannot have sugar coders everywhere yep. in your life. It's easier to hear, but it's not the truth.
1: Yeah. And you are too self-aware to yeah. even let that happen. Exactly. No, I know. You're You're not not I'm, a I'm actually too self-aware. Too self-aware. <laughs> I, there's a,
0: I would like to be like 13% less self-aware. Right, right. We were talking about this today at work. There's somebody that sort of... Came into our lives briefly. You interview a lot of people. You talk to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Certainly you do. We do. And there was a person that had no self-awareness. Mm. And Ryan and I were talking about it. And I go, but that's got to feel nice. Like mm-hmm. to just be to so, just be so, so self-aware. I know so that. not I self-aware yeah, that you're to, not
1: worried about totally, anything. Totally. I actually have someone in my life like that. And I actually, I can't get mad at them because I'm like, You just don't know. You just don't know. You have no idea what you're saying. It's a good world to be in, probably. It's kind of a happy. Just enjoy that life. (laughs) It's a happy world.
0: I don't think it's a long game world. I think if you're playing the long game, you're going to be probably very alone. Yeah. But it seemed very appealing
1: in that moment. Yeah. 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 I said to him, that's got to be yeah, great. It's, totally it's got to yeah. feel great. It's so good. First of all, I'm obsessed with you. I want to talk to you forever. And I think that you're such a wonderful human. And I also want to re- respect your time. And I'm sure you have a million other things you have to go well, to we're today. Gonna
0: con- we're going to continue this so. offline I so. because I yeah. feel
1: like yeah. I could really
0: I, <laughs> benefit from
1: more uh-huh. of you in my life. I want to give you a tool to walk away with. Okay. It's been really supportive for me. I had extreme postpartum depression, like suicidal mm-hmm. ideation and it was actually postpartum anxiety mm. that I didn't understand at the time, is actually a form of postpartum depression. Right. And I talk about it very openly. I also talk about my medicated path very openly because I was the spiritual teacher, homeopathic. I was so resistant to meds and it right. saved my life. If right. It saved my life. But one of the tools that I used very actively and I continue to is tapping. And it's tapping on yes. an energy point. And this is the holy point, right? This is meridian that sends a message to the amygdala it's okay to calm down. Right. And so it's right here between your pinky finger and your ring finger. And if you tap that, and by the way, under the table on the show, where it's not visible, and you can, obviously, if you're not on live television, you can say to yourself, I am safe. Yeah. I am safe.
0: I may do this on the air tomorrow.
1: Do it on the air tomorrow. I am safe. taught me. I am safe. I am safe. And if you just sit with that in those moments in the subway, on the air, and another one, Kelly, is put your hand on your heart, I, and your hand I on your. I belt. do that a lot. This hold is like an yeah. instant, total yeah. relaxing moment. It for. is. But I am safe. Like take that with you. I'm going to. And you're in that elevator and you're freaking out or whatever it is. How many people, really quickly, do you hear from
0: when you give these little things that seem tiny, but I know are, mm. I create profound change? Mm. How many people do you hear from that say, "I"? I was tapping in the elevator. Mm,
1: mm-hmm. I have the best job ever because I'm kind of like Whole Foods famous, right? It's like, you know, no, I walk through the Whole Foods store and someone's like, you changed my life. And I always respond. and I say, I didn't change your life. You read the book. You followed you the receptive. podcast. You took the lessons. I just told you a story. I'm a rock and tour, but you took it and you applied it.
0: But these are people that are open and receptive That's it. to change. That's the key. People always say, people don't change. And I find that people are constantly changing and constantly evolving. If they they want to. That's right. And that's the thing, though. The people that I have attracted in my world and certainly you have in your world, they're always looking to Mm. improve, to change, to have something momentous in their lives that happens that is profound. Sometimes it's happy. Sometimes it's sad, but they roll with it. They survive, they endure. And then they metamorphose into the next best version of themselves. And I think that's what you do is so important because you actually give practical guidance for that.
1: Yeah. And it's what you're talking about is so cool because it's really an individual's willingness Mm -hmm. to grow. Yeah. And that's actually all we need because whoever, if someone's listening right now and they are listening through to the end, They have a willingness to grow. I can't
0: thank you enough.
1: Thank you for having me. I adore
0: you too. Thank you. Congratulations on this book. I appreciate it. Thank you.
1: If you made it to the end of this episode, that means you're truly committed to miracles. I'm really proud of you. If you want to get more Gabby, tune in every Monday for a new episode.